didn't think of it. Let me predicate this by saying whenever we create our list, we sometimes have to, almost always, sometimes have to, almost always. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> maybe, sort of, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fiction, the top five edition of our show, and we are pumped about this. Pumped to be back doing a top five. It's been a minute since we've done one, and in honor of the Magnificent Seven, we are going to count down our top five favorite westerns of all time here on Pulp Fiction. Now, do you guys have any sort of disclaimers or anything like that? Uh, I do, because often with with westerns, you can have Civil War. That kind of mixes into it. Yeah, that's and true. And so I'm trying to avoid that. So like glory. Right. not going to be on my list. Um, I think that's the biggest one for me. There's a couple I left off that you could maybe quote unquote call it a Western if you want. But I'll just bring those up in, in honorable mention. Right. Yeah, I, I had a few of those. I, I went with pure Westerns. Uh, you know, the typical traditional Western. I mean, because there's one. I'll say, for instance say no country for old men i guess you could you know you can make an argument that that's like a western right and some people might classify it but i went with pure westerns what about you rachel any disclaimers no i did the same thing though what movie did we just see that was a modern western we just (laughs) (laughs) thank you the other one that we saw about bank robbers Oh, high water. good call. Hell, Hell or high, high water. water. I didn't point. qualify that right. as a Western, even though it is considered a modern Western. Right. So, yeah, I did follow that rule. I didn't really mean to. I just don't really consider those straight up Westerns. So that didn't even occur to me. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I was. Uh, all right. Well, then let's just jump into the list. It sounds like we kind of all use the All same. right, Brandon. <laughs> I will say this. I also left two movies out of my list. I know one's going to be on it. From one of you two, and I'm pretty sure the other one's going to be on here too. And so, if one of these two is not on here, then fine, we'll sub it back into my number five. But blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sure we won't let you down. I'm sure it'll be on here. I'm pretty sure one of them. Well, I know one will, but the other one, I'll be disappointed if it's not on Rachel's. But anyway, go ahead. Interesting. All right, well, let's find out if it's on Rachel's. See if it's her number five. Rachel, what is your number five favorite western? Of all time. It's a movie that the three of us have seen and discussed on this show at length. I know it then. It's Bone Tomahawk. Good choice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was Uh, a good one. We did talk about this movie in one episode already, but it's it's a pretty slow burn, but the performances are really good and you're interested. It keeps your interest, but you're like, I'm not exactly sure where this is going. And then all of a sudden, they turn it up to 11. Yes. And there are things in this movie yes. that I I can never unsee <laughs> and I will never forget. But it was crazy on a whole new level and I will forever remember this movie and I can't say that about a lot of movies. So all I can say about Bone Tomahawk is that when I accidentally stumbled upon it it was like, oh, it's a Western. And then like about halfway through, I was like, wow, this is a really, really gross Western. And then I looked at the genre and it was horror first, then Western. So yeah. it really caught me off guard. But I was really intrigued by how it was directed, how what you just said, how it was performed. Kurt Russell was great in it. I thought uh, Patrick Wilson was really good in it. And really Richard Jenkins stole yeah. the show in it, too. Like it was a good movie. It was and really, yeah, really good. There's that one scene in it that you'll ne- it's just burned in my brain forever. And if you can go into this movie knowing as little about it as possible, don't even read the synopsis because the synopsis gives away something that I didn't know. 
I didn't oh, know. You didn't know? I didn't know what the turn was. Oh, that makes it so much better if you. I wish I didn't know so, that. So yeah, don't because I knew it, so I was waiting for it, and so and then also my expectation, like I thought there might be more of it, but if I didn't know that at all, the impact of the, I knew the that twist something. Would be I'm so pretty sure better. I I knew that something was coming because Jacob had mentioned that something was in it that was kind of crazy. So I knew something was coming, but I didn't really know what it was. Right. No, that's that's a that's a great great choice. So I'm, if you can avoid it, avoid knowing anything about it before you watch it. Yeah, Bone Tomahawk and and great flick. Uh, it's so good, and I'm a fan of Kurt Russell and anything. I so. think, and I'm hoping in five years it's like a total cult film. I was I was calling yeah. it last year when it came out. I was like, look, this is hopefully this will catch steam, and I was kind of hearing it a little bit more and more, but not as much as I really wanted to. But any opportunity I get to promote Bone Tomahawk, I will. I mean, it's a, it's a good horror western well and that's the thing i was sold at horror western if you would have like i just needed to hear those two words together like whoa that's fascinating i don't right. even really know anything about this movie but i'm in at horror western you don't hear that very often yeah yeah jake if you like a good like uh casting you yeah. know oh the casting is perfect <laughs> uh jacob your number five favorite western of all time uh, for my number five, I'm going to go with uh, 1953, Shane. Shane. Yeah. Shane, come back, Shane. A lot of this has to do with uh, my father. This was his favorite Western growing up, so I'd seen it, but I really got to watch it again. I just hear all back as an adult and kind of really take in why it's regarded as one of the better, you know, Westerns of all time. Right. A lot of it has to do with like, you know, okay, 1953, we didn't have, we all, we had a lot of Westerns. We didn't have one that was as slow paced as Shane was. Right. I mean, the, okay. So it starts Alan Ladd who he really, he is a man with a past who's trying to escape it. He kind of gets adopted by this family where like, they just let him work on their land and, you know, they give him food and, you know, they're a good family. He's just kind of minding his own business. And, he gets sucked into, you know, the crooks in town, like the guys trying to, you know, buy up all the land and all that. And here comes Jack Palance, who I believe was nominated. No. Yeah, I believe he was nominated uh, for supporting actor. Um, actually, there's two nominations for supporting actor on this. The other was Brandon DeWild. But, uh, you know, Jack Palance was really good in this. And I've never seen Jack Palance in early film. Plus, Jack Palance also used to play the bad guy a lot. Yeah. You know, did. I know him as Curly in City Slickers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, like, he's kind of fun loving asshole. Yeah. But in this, like, he was a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that I noticed the most about Shane, which I later read about, was that. It was one of the first movies that I recalled, especially older, that wasn't shot in a studio. Right. Like, there was some really good cinematography for 1953. It was shot in Montana. Um, and I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And, that, and there was a pretty cool shootout scene, you know, towards the end where it's like mud everywhere and just dirty. I mean, for the most part, it's a clean classic film. But this street scene, it just seemed more authentic than what I had seen in other movies. So I appreciated that. There's a cool bond that Alan Ladd uh, or Shane gets with the little boy, uh, Joey, um, on the ranch, which I think that always draws a lot of people to that, too. Stand right here. All right, now put your arms on your side. Mm-mm. Your holster's too low. Never have your holster at arm's length. Here, let's fix this. You always have it here, where the grip is between the elbow and the wrist. So when your hand comes up, the gun will clear the holster without coming up too high. You see? Right, now you try it. Real fast. Straight. Oh, that's it. That's it. 
Gosh, is that the way real gunfighters do? No, Joey. Most of them have tricks of their own. One, for instance, likes to have a shoulder holster. Another one puts it in his, uh, the belt of his pants. And there are some who like two guns. The one's all you need if you can use it. Which is the best way? What I'm telling you is a good a way as any. And better than most. Let me see you shoot, Jane. What do you want me to shoot at? The little right rock over there, see? Um, really a lot of it's more nostalgia purposes for me. Uh, and you know, my dad was always like, Shane, come back, Shane. And there is also like some big, not controversy, but question as to that last scene with Shane. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about when he's quote unquote riding off, uh, in the sunset on his horse. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Okay. What's the controversy? You can't say. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, 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 dude! I haven't seen Shane since I was probably like sixteen years old, so it's like really hard for me. But when you said that, I, I now I have the shot in my head, so yeah, I can see. Yeah, I would say, well, I can't say. Well, because see, I just worded it to Brandon, right? I'm like that's what no one can understand. <laughs> and so, what do you think? Little kids take off their clothes. Uh, <laughs> 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 the, the Aladdin. Uh, so. You know, the subliminal message. Sort of Not what I of. was thinking about. <laughs> um, Come back, Shane. Uh, um, I think, personally, he's alive. Okay. I think he lived. You don't think so? No, I think he was dead. I was 16, bro. I haven't <laughs> seen... I literally have not seen it for... Well, I'm not going to tell you guys how old I am, but I haven't seen it in a few years. <laughs> uh, so, I now I kind of want to rewatch Shane. It's slow. Don't get me wrong. Right. It's a See, slow and I burn. remember being really bored by it because, again, it was... It was one that uh, I talked about this in our uh, review of Magnificent Seven, but my dad watched Westerns all the time growing up, and so I was kind of bored by him while he watched them. But I watched a lot of these, uh, and I remember being bored by Shane. Ditto, uh, dude. My dad watched Shane a lot, and I thought that was really boring. And I honestly haven't rewatched it since I was a kid, so I would I'm probably, no if it was a slow burn type movie, I'd probably really like it now as an adult right. more so right. than all those other westerns from back in the day. I think you'd have more of an appreciation for it as opposed to really like it more. Okay, I, I mean, it, it was still it was slower slow, as an adult, tedious. especially. And I'll say this because I'm really hard on kid actors. The little boy was kind of annoying. Was he? Yeah, uh, but I really liked Alan Ladd. I actually didn't know much about Alan Ladd yeah. before this movie, and so uh, for, for me, a lot of it was the Jack Palance performance, like kind of the the fights that happen, right? You know, later on in the movie, and um, really just kind of how it was shot for such an older movie. I thought it was kind of cool. Anyway, I, I want to rewatch it. It's it's one of those classics that. That I need to watch as an adult to have a better appreciation. Whether I like it or not remains to be seen. And now I want to watch it just for that last shot to see what I really think. Uh, my number five favorite Western of all time. Now, I will say this. My only disclaimer is that I do, though I have seen a lot, really all of the big classic Westerns from back in the day, I'm not a big fan of them. So I kind of hate that my lists are so modern. 
but I just tend to like the modern westerns more. So, with that in mind, my number five is from 2007. It's the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Love that movie. Do you love it? I do love it, Brandon. Thank you. Uh, I was not a fan. Were you not? For some reason, that was too slow for me. Are you serious? Which is strange. I just didn't think it was that good. Real dude. But why don't you like, review? Like as, why don't you as, talk as, about it real quick? Well, let me let me lead off as a seg. I'm going to lead off by saying my favorite thing about the movie was the cinematography and how it was shot. Oh, it's beautiful. So as someone who loves... That's true. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Someone who loves that, I am shocked that you didn't love this movie. Especially someone who can appreciate slower movies. That that is surprising. That's the guy that watched 2001. Yeah, and appreciates it because of the shots. You don't compare that movie to 2001. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just saying. It's just slow. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it stars, of course, Brad Pitt as Jesse James, Casey Affleck as Robert Ford, and uh, Sam Shepard as Frank James, Mary Louise Parker Parker as Z James. Here's the deal. Uh, it, it is slow, and it's two hours and 40 minutes long, so it's a long movie, and it is slow. But I think the performances across the board were great. Uh, to me, it's one of Brad Pitt's best performances. A lot of times... You know, I like Brad Pitt a lot as an actor because he's a likable personality and always plays cool dudes. But I think his range is really limited. And for a long time, people said that Brad Pitt was a really underrated actor because everybody just thought he was hot and couldn't act. And I agreed with that for a while. But now I think it's gone overboard to where now I think he's overrated as an actor because I think his range is actually really limited. And he's usually very Brad Pitty in in all his (laughs) movies. Like, he just can't help but, like, from... Regardless of what he's playing, Brad Pitt always comes out. Uh, so I think he's actually gone from underrated to overrated as an actor. I think I think he does have range, but I think it's changed through the years. Like back in the '90s, he knew that he could play the suave, hot guy, but he would mix it up with, say, you know, Fight Club or right. you know, Twelve Monkeys. Now that he's a little bit older, he plays the cool old guy. Right. Yeah. Um, That's what I'm saying. He's always playing the cool dude. Yeah. But that's also where I think he's cool. So, I mean, like, I <laughs> have a beer with a guy. I don't know. I think he's a good actor, though. That's what I'm I like well, him, but well, I does think Tom he's... Hanks have range? Because Tom Hanks knows his role. I, I, well, Tom if, Cruise, if you, if, you, if you remember, I have kind of complained a little bit. Tom Hanks is great. And he Al Pacino? Do... I mean, come on. Dude, I, I will fight you right now, and I will tell you why you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> no, because Brad Pitt always comes out in his performances. It, like, he, he can't disguise himself, really. He's always... Brad Pitt always ekes out regardless of what he's doing or who he is uh, in his performances where these other guys, they can usually kind of like, you know, really get into a character and become a different person. I don't think Brad Pitt necessarily can. I got sidetracked. (laughs) What I was trying to say is I actually think this is maybe his best performance because I think he truly does. He's more subtle in this than he ever was in anything else. He doesn't really have any of those moments where he just becomes real Brad Pitty. Um, and Casey Affleck is really good in this. I like the performances across the board. I like the characters. Sam Rockwell, uh, who I didn't mention, maybe my favorite character. He's always great and underrated. As always, still on the scene. He, he sold the show, I think, in this. Jeremy Renner was in this before he was a big deal. Uh, so I love The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. You just uh, talked for like five minutes. I got to add nothing to that. And you eventually got to all the things I was going to (laughs) say. So I agree. Also, there's a really good song by 
there's a really good song. Let me let me find it while Jacob talks. One thing that always bothered me about that movie in particular is that they spent a lot of time in that house. And they I did. was really annoyed by that. Like, it's been a while since I've seen it. I, think, I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw it the year it came out. So that's been, shoot, nine years ago, which is insane. I thought it was a lot uh, more recent uh, More recent than yeah. that. Um, but I remember them spending a lot of time in this house. And it was just kind of like, like, all right, guys, let's kind of get out of here. And, and inevitably, I, what I was hoping would be like a good shoot him up, whatever, turned into be, I want to say, more of a character study. That of a, of a of a person in history that I never cared much about. Well, that I only associated with Western and guns, not with the guy sitting in a house waiting to get shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so but I, I, was, think, I was a bit disappointed by the story because when you have a name like that, a historical figure, you know, if I say, hey, let's do a movie about George Washington, you're, like, you're expecting to see some, you know, first presidential general type stuff. And then you see a movie about a guy sitting in a house. Well, because so. <laughs> I think I think it's it's specifically about the assassination like that, that specific Storyline, and I, think I guess it is titled it was, "The Assassin." Right, <laughs> right. I think it's supposed to, you know, dwell mostly on that. And I think more than anything, it's kind of a character study more than it is a story-driven movie. And so you're kind of just sitting with these characters as they go about their business. Uh, the entire soundtrack was done by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, and "Song for Jesse" is amazing. Ah. I'm just going to throw that out there. As That's the one thing like. I can add to your conversation, since you covered everything, I did. I, I know this movie well. It's uh, I'm I'm really shocked that Jacob doesn't like it. Me too, actually. Maybe I should resee it. Maybe you should just put away three hours. <laughs> uh, it's it's a long one, but it's good. Rachel, your number four favorite western of all time. Blazing Saddles. I knew that was going to come up. I okay, knew, I knew I, somebody had to. Had okay, to here's do the it. deal. I don't. I don't. I mean, I I like Blazing Saddles. It's not even my favorite Mel Brooks movie, but I have a lot of fond memories. This is kind of a nostalgia pick. My mom watched Blazing Saddles all the time. I remember um, the line where Gene Wilder goes, "Oh she," and it's like a really drawn out shit. My mom used to like cover my ears <laughs> she used to tell us to not say it it's a bad word um she also had a vhs tape where she wrote everything in all caps except for the l so it says blazing saddies on it <laughs> so every time i see even the title of the movie it makes me think of my mom but that said the movie itself is really funny it's a satire obviously it's a Mel Brooks movie so it's kind of just a satire western uh, but there's some laughs that hold up. It's a little bit jarring to watch in this day and age because the racism, so much race, so many un-PC things that you couldn't get away with yeah. now. Yeah, everybody was just used to take things a lot less seriously, or we were like super racist, and then all the white people laughed it off. Yeah, it's th- one or the I think, other. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think I, I think that yeah, I think we were both more sides racist. Of that are correct. In, okay, sheriff murdered, crops burned. Stores looted, people stampeded, and cattle raped. Now the time has come to act, and act fast. I'm leaving. You get back here, you pass. Can I say to Wendell, there's no way that nobody's gonna leave this town. Hell, I was born here, and I was raised here, and that government, I'm going to die here. And no side-winding, bushwhacking, horn-swoggling, crocker-crocker is going to roll my bushes cutter. 
Now, who can argue with that? Reverend! I think we're all indebted to Gabby Johnson for clearly stating what needed to be said. I'm particularly glad that these lovely children are here today to hear that speech. Not only was it authentic frontier gibberish, it expressed a courage little seen in this day and age. Well, whatever happened in Cleavon Little, because I thought he was really good in it, but never saw him in anything ever again. Yeah. Do you all know? No, 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 I have no idea. idea. No. Okay, well, <laughs> well, wait, what is your favorite Mel Brooks movie then? Uh, Young Frankenstein, probably. Mine's easily Young okay, Frankenstein. Okay, I've never seen it, so. You've never seen Young Whoa. Frankenstein? Whoa. Was that on your movie sins list? Uh, it the... might, I think it was. Oh, yeah. my no, God. That one and you Young Genius, with... I've never seen. Real Genius. Real Genius, Oh, yeah. gosh, you got to see both of them. Yeah, you you definitely Dude, need to see, see Young, Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. It's amazing. Oh my goodness. So anyway, anybody have anything else to add on Blazing Saddles? It's it's just I, I, I like Blazing Saddles. Uh, I I, I do like Blazing Saddles. I, for me, it wasn't as great as, and I like Mel Brooks. For me, it's a little overrated. For me personally, I can I can see that uh, it's again. A, it's a like it's, it's a, a heavy nostalgia pick for me. Well, no, it's not even that. I mean, it's you're I you're in the majority. I mean, most people think it's. I mean, it's like but I don't. I it's, mean, it's, it's but for me, it's a little overrated. I always kind of thought it was a little overrated. And I love Gene Wilder and I like Mel Brooks, uh, but I just don't think it's as funny as most people do. But that's just me. Someone who loves, loves, loves Young Frankenstein. I love Spaceballs. So good. Uh, but Blazing Saddles for me just never never really did it for me. That's cool, bro. <laughs> you know, I've actually never seen all of, of uh, Spaceballs either. Are you serious? Yeah. So There's like not a lot of Mel Brooks movies I've seen. Really? Yeah. Did you see the producers? No. What are you doing? I watch movies, but not Mel Brooks's, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you, at, at the very, very, very least, you had to watch Young Frankenstein. Blazing Saddles is probably the only one that I've seen, um, which I thought it was really, I thought it was really funny. It was good. I'm kind of with you. I thought it was a little overrated because yeah. of the the racism, because of like really the, I guess the exploitation of women in it. It's so. I mean, in your face, it's just a little too much. It's like I'm watching Porky's to an extent, you know. Well, and and for me, yeah, <laughs> when it comes well, to that, yeah, yeah, and and for me, the hype, like there's so much hype on it, and watching it as an adult, I'm like, ah, it's funny, but it didn't hold up as well. Yeah, I watched it as a kid, and I was fine with it, but I didn't get the joke. So then I watched it as an adult, and I was like, this is what everybody freaks out about. Yeah, I think it's okay. Yeah. Uh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Robin Hood Men and Ties. Have you seen Robin Hood Men and Ties? No. Uh, to me, <laughs> that movie's so good. Yeah, that movie, I love really, all these yeah. movies. I yeah. think because that movie came out right after uh, uh, Prince of Thieves. I was like, this is stupid. I don't want to watch this. <laughs> History of the World Part 1. I've never uh, even heard of that. Oh, that's a great oh, that's Mel a Brooks movie. That's a good one, movie. too. You've got to watch it. Yep. R- really, oh, I like all these Mel Brooks movies more than his biggest one, Blazing Saddles. But so do I. Oh, okay. I agree with you on okay. that. Okay. All right, Jacob, you're number four. Favorite. Western of all time. I think I'm going to go with 2010's True Grit. Really? The um, Coen Brothers version over, oh, the one that starred John, um, Wayne. John Wayne back in the 60s or 70s. I believe he won Best Actor for. He did. His, um, yeah, his only uh, Best Actor win. But inevitably, I think that it was portrayed so much better by Jeff Bridges. And then you throw in the Coen Brothers, who I think this is their first movie off of No Country. That may have been the second movie off of No Country for All Men, but, you know... 
they just have such a unique look to their movies and authentic look to their movies. And they're so good at directing their actors in their movies. They're, they're, they're memorable actors and not just, and not just Jeff Bridges. I mean, this put Haley Steinfeld on the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Damon was fun in this. Josh Brolin was great in this. He was a great bad guy. He's kind of a, I don't know, a white trash dumbass. Um, <laughs> Barry Pepper. I thought he was a good bad guy yeah, in this. He was. I mean, and you know, as always, they have a great cast in their movies, but it was just more, just more dirty, more raw. It's what I would expect more from. It's what I enjoy more about Western sometimes when it kind of does get that kind of gritty, uh, dirty kind of look to it. And that's one thing about modern Westerns. I think that I really enjoy that. I think we all probably do appreciate more is that like when it shows that kind of, you know, grime to it, as opposed to the studio style of what we saw, you know, in the, f- I don't know, the 19th century, right? Yeah, I definitely appreciate that more about about modern Westerns. Uh, And I do think the acting uh, performances were really good and it was filmed really well. But uh, I'm going to have to go with, I think it was overrated twice in a row. I I was, and again, I'm in the minority. Most people love... Well, it was nominated movie. for Best that's Picture. That's what I'm saying. Of course, that was the first year. I think they did like nine a, Best Picture yeah, that, nominations. And honestly, that was one of my biggest issues with it was that it got nominated for Best Picture. I was like, seriously, I like the Coens too. And I think it was a good movie. But Best Picture, like when I watched that movie, I didn't come away from it thinking, oh, this is Best Picture quality. This True Grit was nominated for 10 Oscars. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's why I think it's overrated. Wow. Like that's that's like I'm using it as my argument. Like – I didn't think it was good enough to be nominated for 10 Oscars, including Best Picture. I watched it. I was like, that was a good, fun movie. It was probably nominated for Best Comedy at the uh, Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so best Comedy or Musical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's my burn on The Martian. <laughs> uh, Rachel, your thoughts on the remake of True Grit, which, which is appropriate since we've got another remake of a classic Western we're talking about right now. Um, I thought... I mean, I thought it, I, I'm kind of with Brandon. I thought it was good, not great. I kind of forgotten a lot of what happened. Like, it didn't really stick with me, but I didn't think it was bad. I wasn't upset that I saw it or anything. When you all put uh, this Jeff Bridges performance next to, I won't count Ripped or RIPD, but next <laughs> to Crazy Heart and next to Hell or High Water, mm-hmm. I'm not going to put the dude in there. What do you rank this performance? Because he's he's good at doing like the cowboy western. Oh yeah, I mean Crazy Heart's definitely number one. Yeah, Um, Crazy Heart was mine because he was a drunk cowboy. Well, because he was a drunk, but also I mean he showed more emotional depth in it too. Yeah, there was just more character. There's more character, and and his character truly changes throughout, but not like this showy big change. More of a subtle inside. You really see his heart changing type of change, and it's portrayed in you know his body, his face. All those things. So Crazy Heart easily is number one for me. I mean, he was good in True Grit. Don't get me wrong, but but I didn't think it was anything special. Like, I mean, he he just kind of played the the jackass, uh, hesitant hero cowboy. I mean, I, I love Jeff Bridges. I would watch him do anything. But R.I.P.D. Yeah, I did. I did. Unfortunately, I did not. Yeah, that's I how much neither. I like Jeff Bridges. You're but committed, bro. I am. I love the dude, but but here's the, I like the movie. I would give it a thumbs up. I would give it a fresh. I just I was like best picture. Come on, that was my that was my feeling. I'm with you about on that. it. That was my feeling on True Grit. And Misty's gonna be pissed at me when she listens. She loved the remake of True Grit. I've recommended I, it. To I've people told before, her she's wrong before though too. Say what? Divorce him. <laughs> my number four favorite western of all time is actually one that's already been mentioned and like rachel i'm going with the comedy 
City Slickers. Yay! Uh, I'm the one that mentioned that. Jacob mentioned it. Well, yeah, but she mentioned Blazing Saddles. You mentioned Jack Palance being in City Slickers. I love City Slickers. Uh, to me, it's the funniest Western of all time. I mean, there's probably only really two movies in the running for there that title. Go. But for me, it was funnier than uh, Blazing Saddles. Uh, I, wa- I remember watching it in the movie theater with my dad, who kind of was embarrassingly embarrassingly loud <laughs> laughing. I can see him. He was doing laughing that, so hard, like so hard that it was it was he kind of made a scene and it was it was really funny. Uh, but Jack Palance was great in this. Uh, Billy Crystal was great in it. Um, it was just a fun modern look at westerns. With a funny twist. I mean, the, the premise, you know, you got a bunch of city folk going out to the to the country trying to be cowboys as a fun getaway, but then they actually get into, you know, real, real Western-type stuff. It was It's just a fun movie. There's actually, not a lot to say about it. I actually went and searched for this movie to watch a couple of months ago because for some reason it ran across my brain, and I was like, I kind of want to see that movie again because, you know, I've only seen City Slickers probably once or twice, and both times would have been in the 90s, so it's right. been a while. Yeah. I do remember Billy Crystal's, like, you know, great performance. Really fun. Oh, he's hilarious you know, in it. I mean, Norman the Cow. I yeah. Mean, I remember the name of the cow, yeah. for God's sake. Um, and actually, which I think Billy Crystal actually adopted that cow afterwards. Did he really? I think that's right. That's I think I've read awesome. that in trivia before. Um, there was just a lot of fun, you know, just fun characters. I mean, I've always liked Bruno Kirby yeah. because of City Slickers. So yeah. whenever I see him in other stuff, I don't associate him with, she's often associated as more of a gangster. Oh, for sure. You know, in, in Italian. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I guess you have, he was also in uh, this, um, Godfather 2. Yes. But I, he, was, he was. But I remember him in Al Pacino and what's his name? Left. He played Lefty. Oh, yeah, Donnie Brasco. Donnie Brasco. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what. But but when I see when I see Bruno Kirby, oh shoot, he's also in like Good Morning Vietnam. Like, yeah, he's he's, he's, a, he's a good character actor. He 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 is. But but for some reason, since I've seen City Slickers, I remember only seeing him in Italian type roles. Yeah. But I loved him in City Slickers, so it's like, well, he's he's not a serious guy. He's a yeah. he's a com- he's a comedian yeah. actor. Yeah. Anyway, I, I I've just always been a big fan of City Slickers, and I'm glad you brought it up. It's on my honorable mention. Nice, uh, great movie, especially when it gets to the action part. It's good action. It stuff. is. It's legitimately you know, good. It's action. one of those movies. The set pieces I, are great. I'll, I'll still say this all the time when I can. It's one of those movies where they put comedians in the roles. Because it could have just been like a, a good dramedy, but you put right. comedians in there, it has charisma, and then you focus on the story, right? And the, and the, the rest will do itself, yeah. You know? So you don't have to force, you know, comedy like we have screaming yeah. and yelling, like we have with Will, Will Ferrell these days, right? Exactly. So anyway. and it gave us one of the great Oscar moments of all time when Jack Palance said the one-handed, one-handed push up, yeah, one of the great moments in Oscar history. Yeah. That's great. That's not great. No, that's wrong, Curly. You passed up something that might have been terrific. My choice. I never could have done that. It's your choice. Cowboy leads a different kind of life when there were cowboys. They're a dying breed. Still means something to me, though. A couple of days, we'll move this herd across the river, driving through the valley. Oh. <laughs> There's nothing like bringing in a herd. See, now that's great. Your life makes sense to you. <laughs> What's so funny? You city folk, you worry about a lot of shit, don't you? Shit? Yeah. My wife basically told me she doesn't want me around. She read it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, how old are you? 
38. 39. Yeah. You all come off here about the same age, same problems. Spend about 50 weeks a year getting knots in your rope, and then and then you think two weeks up here will time for you. None of you get it. Do you know what the secret of life is? No, what? This. Your finger? One thing. Just one thing. You stick to that and everything else don't mean shit. That's great, but what's the one thing? That's what you got to figure out. Rachel, your number three favorite Western of all time. Hey, Jack Palance won Best Actor in a Supporting Role for that, by the way, for Curly. Yeah, that's why I said it gave us oh. one of the great Oscar moments of all time with the cool. one-handed push-up. <laughs> cool. That was a good talk. <laughs> <laughs> in my mind in my mind saying Oscar worthy just meant it was really good I don't know guys <laughs> well for I guess I didn't come out and say you that didn't he say won. That he won an Oscar you I just said, said it was that an... provided the moment where he did the one handed push I knew what you were talking about yeah you? so I guess <laughs> well Rachel's been a good night there's for, the door see you later <laughs> but for those in the audience who didn't I, I wasn't clear yes he did win <laughs> Best support, which for a comedy western is crazy. It's it's really we're past this kinda, now. Kinda, I'm trying to get your back. I'm trying to. Does yeah. that mean that he was as good of an actor as what's his name was in The Dark Knight? When you have that, when you have oh Heath Ledger, I heard when you see lists of you know most overrated uh, winners of all time, Jack Palance always comes up. Well, yeah, I mean probably because like time hasn't you know. It's, but it's now a that he western. won, I had to put him at the same par with right, Heath Ledger because yeah, yeah. he won supporting actor for yeah, being the Joker. That's true. It's just something to think about. That's true. Jennifer Hudson's up there too. Rachel, she won for uh, Showgirls. <laughs> Rachel, what is your number three or not Showgirls? Dream girls, much Show different, girls much different, different movie. movie, much different movie. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lived until you've seen Jennifer Hudson stripping <laughs> naked. Uh, <laughs> Rachel, your number three favorite western of all time. Lucky for everybody, we've already talked about it, so I get to take a break. It's the assassination of Jesse James. Oh, that's why you're throwing shade at me for talking so much about it earlier. Yeah, I was gonna add stuff. But oh, my nope, bad. Nope. No, but, no, no, go talk about it. I don't have anything left to say. You said all the things. I will say that it's Casey Affleck's best role as well. Yeah, he didn't, for sure. I mean, you talked about Brad Pitt, but yeah. it's Casey, not that he has as many roles to choose from, but. He was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for it. Thank you. But does that count as an Oscar worthy performance if he didn't win? Or did you just call it an Oscar moment? I'm done, I just guys. Said Oscar I'm, getting, I'm done. Sit <laughs> over here close, kid. Charlie, you stay with the animals. Me and the kid will walk into that bank just before noon. Bob will move that cashier away from the shotgun that's under the counter. And I'll creep up behind that cashier. And I'll cock his head back like so. And I'll say, how come an off-scouring of creation like you still sucking air with so many mining coffins? I'll say, how did you get to reach your 20th birthday without leaking out all of your clothes? And if I don't like his attitude, I will slit that filled doodle so deep 
he will flop on the floor like a fish. My God, what just happened? <laughs> Boy, I can hear your gears grinding. Your little motor wondering, my gosh, what's next? What's happening to me? You're precious behold, Bob. You were what a spit in a cotton field. He got him. He got him. <laughs> Jacob, what's have you talked for a while? <laughs> oh man, she's on point. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, your number three favorite Rachel moment of the night. <laughs> she's given us so many; it's gonna be hard to choose from. <laughs> number yeah. three favorite Western of all time, Jacob. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with the original, The Magnificent Seven. Really? Loved this movie growing yeah, up. Yeah, it was kid. it was an awesome movie. Loved it and you know, I said it in the last podcast, I'll say it again. Um best music ever in a western. And I was really disappointed at that this whole movie or the this new one kind of toyed with it and then we heard the best music of all time at the in the credits or whatever, which I don't know if y'all stuck around for that or not. The original Magnificent Seven, starring Yul Brenner, and uh, whoop, gotta get it going on here. Uh, Steve McQueen, Charles Bronson, Eli Wallach, Robert Vaughn, Brad Dexter. But really, one of my favorite characters in this movie is James Coburn. Uh, I always thought it, he was like that kind of cool character. Which, Brandon, you've seen it. Rach, you've seen it, right? You haven't seen the original. Okay, cool. James Coburn, which you know we've seen all growing up. Crap, I just thought of a movie that should be on my list. Uh-oh. Son of a bitch, and James Coburn's in it. I gotta fix that. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, well, anyway, James Colbert plays this like skinny, lanky cowboy. All he does is lean up against a post the entire movie with his hat hanging over his head like he's sleeping up against it, like chewing on a uh, piece of wheat, and then he turns out to be like the baddest knife thrower like, in the group, you know? Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. he was just a fun character. I mean, really, there was a lot of good characters in this, and I think one thing, like a lot of people don't think the Magnificent Seven, the original, is that great of a movie. My dad wasn't a big fan of it. But I think one thing that always surprised me was that so many characters died in it, uh, which, you know, we had in this new one. Right. They, they treated it the same way, which I was appreciated. That yeah, because a lot of times, you know, you expect, especially back then, you expect your heroes to live. It's right. It's very un Hollywood of that era to kill off, you know, your heroes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't see that. Exactly. So uh, just. Great flick, good movie, good fun movie growing up, uh, great score. Um, I've always been a fan of Magnificent Seven. I was a fan of that song that you just played. 
Seven, 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 seven. seven, seven. seven. <laughs> <laughs> that was from the original trailer. So suffice it to say, you like the original more than the remake. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice, though. Magnificent Seven, it's uh, one of my honorable mentions. Actually, of all the old classic westerns, it is one of my very favorites. There's there's probably three of the classic westerns that, that I really, really like, and that's one of them. Uh, my number three, though, is not one of those because, like I said, almost all, well, really all of mine are kind of moderns. Oh, well, whatever. The Proposition. It's an Australian uh, western from 2005. Uh have you guys seen this movie? Never heard of it. You've never heard of it? I have seen this movie. It stars Guy Pierce from Memento and L.A. Confidential fame. Um, like I said, it's, a, it's an Australian movie. Let me read you the premise. A lawman apprehends a notorious outlaw and gives him nine days to kill his older brother or else they'll execute his younger brother. And that hooked me in. As soon as I read the premise... I was in a dude who's kind of like a renegade himself has to choose to, to let his younger brother live. Who's kind of an innocent, good guy. He's got to hunt down and kill his badass uh, rogue kind of outlaw older brother. And how cool is that? It stars a uh, guy Pierce, like I said, but Ray Winston is, uh, is his older brother. He was great. Yeah. He was awesome in it. He really was. Emily Watson, who's always good is in it. Uh, Richard Wilson plays the younger brother. Um, but I highly, highly recommend this movie. It kind of went under the radar. Uh, actually, no. Danny Houston plays his older brother. Ray Winston plays the sheriff, oh. the the guy that makes the proposition to him. I didn't him. remember who played him, but the brother yeah. is really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he's 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 kind of a – he's a badass and he's a jerk. And, and Guy Pierce goes – Look what you did, you little jerk. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, – it was so underseen. Probably a lot of you haven't even heard of it. Um, but, man, I cannot recommend it enough. I don't remember enough of it to talk about it at length, but I do remember it being amazing and uh, loving it. But because I couldn't remember a lot about it, it is an honorable mention for me. Um, the, the biggest thing I can say about this is uh, it lives up to its premise it's a fascinating premise for me because basically it's all about a moral dilemma. This guy, to save his younger brother, he's got to kill his older brother. And, I mean, I was just fascinated by that. And it really kind of digs deep into that premise and gets to the whole moral dilemma and, and, and how he decides to do what he does in the movie. So uh, you got to see it. You've got to see it. And, I mean, as far as technically and the acting and all that stuff, it's great. Never even heard of it, but I'll have to check it out. Yeah, you'll like it. But I like Ray, Ray, Ray Winstone, so. Yeah, yeah, you'll like it a lot. So I'm going to throw a complete wrench in our list because I just thought of a movie that I cannot believe I didn't think of. But let me predicate this by saying whenever we create our list, we sometimes have to, almost always, sometimes have to, almost always. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, maybe, sort of, kind of. Yeah, pull up lists on the internet to jog our memory, right? Right. And this movie that I love was not on, was not on list, the list, so you didn't think and of so it. And so I didn't think about it. And when I just was talking about, what's his face? Charles, not Charles Bronson. James Coburn. Yes. I totally messed it up. That's not the movie that I want to talk about, because I'm just going to, now I'm going to talk about my top six, and y'all can talk about your top five. And I'm going <laughs> to jump in here at my new number three, because everything just got bumped, <laughs> which is Unforgiven. So 
Are you serious? You what? forgot about Unforgiven? No, no. My number two is now the one that is in there. That's what I forgot about. Okay. I didn't forget about Unforgiven. Okay. That was one of the I first ones say, I thought of. I was going to say Unforgiven, but when I was thinking of your list, I was like, either Unforgiven or this other movie has to be number one. So I thought that you forgot about it. So no, okay. no, no, okay, I, okay. no. No, no, no. I forgot about my number two. Okay. So Unforgiven, starring Clint Eastwood, you know, what's the name from Shawshank? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Will you be Gene my Hackman? Friend? Uh, and Gene Hackman. Uh, just a, a great flick, and I hope I didn't really cons- completely spoil it for y'all if it's on your list. Um, but Unforgiven. Okay, well, one reason I love Unforgiven so much is Gene Hackman in this. He's so good in this. Yeah, he is. While Morgan Freeman can often steal a show as a, a you know supporting actor, especially in this time frame when he did like Shawshank and um, Seven. Seven's one. Um, I was kind of did. flashing forward to a uh, uh, million dollar baby, but that's not really in the time frame. No, like, <laughs> but J- Gene Hackman was just awesome, especially as a bad guy. You have Clint Eastwood playing Bill M- Money, who is your? <laughs> You're gonna say Bill in- Murray? <laughs> I would watch that. That's movie. your antagonist, but yet your good guy, which is Gene Hackman, he's playing. You know, he's the bad guy. So it's, it's an interesting little spin, you know, on a western. Right. Um, it's slow pace. It's got really it good is. music in it. Um, I think that, I mean, really, when you tell a storyline about it, which I'll just read real quick, it, it doesn't draw, I don't think it would draw a lot of people if they didn't know who was in it, right? Right, yeah. So retired right. Old West gunslinger William Money reluctantly takes on the one last job with the help of his older partner and a young man. Okay, well, that one last job is defending some prostitutes who were, or a prostitute who was attacked by some drunk men, and he's going to go hunt them down. And, uh, you know, to go along with all that, just, again, Gene Hackman, just one of the meanest meanest dudes yes um yeah. especially in a western he was awesome he was though. so good in it. and we hit all the farms and the trails to make a big circle and we're bound to come across somebody who's seen these skunks Fella owns this shithole. You fat man. Speak up. Uh, I own this establishment. Bought it from Greeley for a thousand dollars. You better clear out of there. Yes, sir. Just hold it right there. Hold it! Well, sir, you are a cowardly son of a bitch. You just shot an unarmed man. Well, he should have armed himself. He's going to decorate his saloon with my friend. You'd be William Money out of Missouri. Kill women and children. That's right. I've killed women and children. Killed just about everything that walks or crawled at one time or another. And I'm here to kill you, little Bill. For what you did to Ned. I love that last scene uh, when they're all kind of pointing guns at each other and, you know, William Money's had enough and he's sitting there like in the rain, got the shotgun on him and Gene Hackman's like, okay, boys, he's got one shot left. 
and he's gonna take me out now you all whatever and like he clint eastwood just cleans the room it's yeah. an awesome scene that, that yeah that awesome was a great scene, scene. It, only, it took long enough to get there, but really a, a lot about Unforgiven 2 is, you know, dealing with killing people, dealing with being a, a, an ex-violent person or having to reap what you sow, I guess is might be right. way to put it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. you have any opinions on it? I like Unforgiven a lot. It's it's a really good movie for, I won't, you know, go over what you said because I agree with it. I, I do remember at the time, you know, because I was already a little cinephile at that time and I thought I knew it all. And I was like, this movie won Best Picture. I had an attitude against it because it beat both uh, A Few Good Men, which I loved, and Sin of a Woman. And I was a budding Pacino fan at the time. So I was pissed that it beat Sin of a Woman and A Few Good Men. So that was my first memories of Unforgiven. But as I grew up and, and rewatched Unforgiven, I could see why it won. I don't know that I necessarily 100% agree with it, but I, 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 it was a good choice. And it, along with Dances with Wolves, kind of revitalized the entire genre uh, of course, Dances with Wolves came out uh, two years before that in 1990. That came out in 1992. So those two kind of helped both winning Best Picture revitalize the whole genre. Uh, Rachel, it is now time for our number twos. Uh, <laughs> and But I'm thrown off. Who goes first? You. Okay. You'll still go and then Jacob will go. I just... Whatever. You just, he you just, just got a bonus. He just spot. got a bonus pick. All right, then. <laughs> uh, mine is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. This is a movie that my dad watched again all the time when I was a kid, and I thought it was super boring. And then one time, not incredibly long ago, probably in the last five years, I sat down and actually watched it with him. And that movie is badass. It is badass. It's so good. And there's so many good one-liners. And it's it's amazing. It's it's so and, funny. And, and how's the music go, Brandon? What a what a um just i mean there's a reason why it is as iconic as it is but it's it's a great mixture of there's not a lot of talking in it It, uh, it's number nine on imdb's top all-time list oh it's it's easily the most iconic question of all time like it's not even close it's 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 far and above so i'm glad that you're you're talking and rightfully so what did it come out in like 66 something like that yeah yep um and held up when I watched it in the 2000s, basically for the first time that I could understand what was going on. Um, I was the thing that really caught me off guard was how funny it was. It's mm-hmm. really funny, and it's yeah. uh, the scenes are intense. Like I, rem- I always remember seeing the end scene where it just shows their eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I always yeah. remember seeing that as a kid, and I'm like, oh, we're gonna watch their eyes for ten minutes yeah. now. Yeah. And then there's like one shot and then yeah. it's over. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. But as an adult and watching the movie, that scene is perfect. It's so, so good. So if for some reason you're like me and you hadn't seen it or you hadn't seen it to where you could actually appreciate it, give it another shot because that movie is outstanding. I completely agree. I, I had the exact same experience. Uh had forced to watch it a million times uh, when I was a kid because my dad loved it. Uh, so it was kind of on. I didn't really watch it, watch it. I just thought it looked stupid. I did like the music as a kid. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I like the like the commercials when they come on and they always call them the man with no name, which I thought was cool, but I thought the movie was boring. But as an adult, it really was pretty badass and I liked it a lot. It's 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 up there in my three favorites of of the old-timey westerns. And if you've only seen modern movies and you watch a lot of Tarantino, watching uh Leon Leon or Leone? Sergio Sergio Leone. Leone. 
Leon. Okay. Uh, you can definitely tell that Tarantino loved him and he's i mean he's not been shy about saying it oh he's but so, it's yeah. it's amazing how how influenced he is by yeah by him i'm for you one two three four five for me five for you and five for me know how much you was now no how much three thousand dollars uh, <laughs> There are two kinds of people in the world, my friend. Those with a rope around their neck and the people who have the job of doing the cutting. Listen, the neck at the end of the rope is mine. I run the risks. So the next time I want more than half. <laughs> you may run the risks, my friend, but I do the cutting. If we cut down my percentage. Uh, cigar? Liable to interfere with my aim. Hmm. But if you miss, you had better miss very well. Whoever double-crosses me and leaves me alive, he understands nothing about Tuco. <laughs> nothing. All I'll say is it's been a while since I've seen the, the good, the bad, the ugly. Now, I did see Once Upon a Time in America recently, or in the West. In the West. In the West. In the West <laughs> That's a way different movie. I've totally yeah. screwed that up like yeah. three times in the West, already. yeah. Um, I preferred that one a lot more, but I'm a big fan of Henry Fonda, that's why. Um, and so to see him play that role was kind of cool. But, um, I mean, Sergio Leone had like, what, two or three of these, of these spaghetti westerns, and they were pretty iconic. Well, the, well so it's, pretty the, cool. it's the Man With No Name trilogy. I mean, it, that's right. F is full of dollars and a few dollars more. There you go. <laughs> She was saying it without a mic. We're on one. We're on two mics again tonight. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> improvising. That's it. That's all I have to say about it. But it's real good. I'm glad you brought. Uh, if somebody didn't bring it up, this it's list so would have been. Yeah, definitely. This list would have been incomplete, and I would have felt wrong about like it. Like any like true Western film fan would listen yeah, to this. They'd be pretty pissed off. Yeah, that, but no I'm matter. really glad that one came up. Yeah, uh, uh, for sure. That's one of the big ones. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's the biggest. Uh, all right, so now we got to find out what this infamous number two that the movie that you forgot about, and then all of a sudden it's number two and bumped Unforgiven, which I thought was the only other contender for your number one spot. So, what is your number two favorite western of all time? We have talked about this before, and you were shocked that I love this movie. It's Maverick. That's what I thought. Oh was my one. gosh! Yes, I thought it was going to be your number yes. one. Yeah, oh, no, I love Maverick. Man. It's awesome. Yeah. Like you know, I'm a big you know Mel Gibson fan. Like. You're really into racism. Yeah, that's what sucks about it because like he was so much fun for 20 he was, years. And he was he went and got drunk and said some stupid shit, and now I'm I'm an <laughs> asshole because I like the guy. Uh, but I mean, I always loved Maverick because of this guy's charm, how he messes with people, mainly how he just fucks with people. I love it. Uh, you know, this is Jodie Foster, like two or three years after she did Silence of the Lambs, and so to go from that role yeah. to like this kind of. A, no, kind of. She was hot in this movie, which really threw me off. Um, <laughs> that, but James Garner as well. Like, I didn't watch Maverick the TV show growing up. I didn't know there was a TV show until I was way into my twenties. And so to see James Garner kind of go head to head with, uh, you know, Mel Gibson. And again, I didn't know much about James Garner either. Yes, he's from Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, my hometown. Uh, but it's there was just such great casting, great dynamics, great cameos throughout this movie. Uh, Graham Greene from from uh, Silence of the Lambs, Dances with from Wolves. Dances with Wolves. <laughs> uh, he's good. Alfred Molina, he's got a pretty cool, good, cool role. And then James Coburn, he's like the 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 bad guy, kind of good guy. I don't know. He's running the whole uh, gambling casino, uh, right. the the poker tournament. Uh, 
<clears throat> Brad. What? I don't have the thousand I owe you. Oh, I, I knew you were going to say Look, I'm sorry, Mav. Uh, you get your money just as soon as I change some rubles into dollars. Well, when's that going to be? I've got a few days to make it to that big game, and then... Oh, the, the big will... game, the big game. You need $25,000 to get into that. You're crazy. Well, I know that. I suppose I could win the $3,000 a day or so before. Well, if I get your 1000 in time, I only have to win 2000 Wait a minute, wait a minute. You've got $22,000? Well, cash? Well, it's not frog skins. I've never seen $22,000. I've never seen twenty-five. dollars This is terrible. Where, where is it? Can I see it? Why not? Can I touch it? Hey, you can roll in it. Where is it? Where else? Uh, what? Is it? Uh, what is that? Oh, ha, ha, ha. Very funny. What? Ah. Ah. It's news, newspaper. Ah. 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 Oh. You all right? Oh, was it the food? No, no, no. I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. Annabelle. What? Annabelle. How could she rob me? $22,000 when I was going off to face my doom. You're going to cut my hands off and she robbed me anyway. What are you talking about? There's not enough indecency. Pull yourself together, man. Everybody's looking. I got your money right here. I just wanted to see how you'd react. I was just teasing you. <laughs> You're teasing me. You're teasing me. I don't like you. I'll kill you. You'll be dead and I'll be happy. There's just a lot of fun. I just think there's a lot of fun stories that go along in this movie. Uh, it kind of goes in different directions. And it's when Mel Gibson is just continuously messing with, well, anybody in this movie. Really, Molina. Alfred yeah. Molina is hilarious when those two are together because Molina just has his temper about him, right? Uh, and also Jodie Foster because he's flirting with her constantly. She's ripping him off. He's ripping her off. They're gaming the entire system. And inevitably, the entire movie is a game. You know, so that's just one of the great things about it. I just love, I love um, Maverick. And I know it wasn't a lot of the top 100 lists or whatever. And yeah, it kind of stinks that I forgot it. But I was glad I remembered it just in time to bring it up. Yeah, you it's a great comedy. Your, you would have kicked yourself if, if you didn't oh, include it. without a doubt. Yeah, without so a doubt. So that's what you thought was going to be his number one? Yes, I did. I thought it would be on his list. And I was shocked that I had, I thought it was going to be his number three. I thought Unforgiven would be two, Maverick would be So are three. we all going to have the same number one? Because we should. No, oh, no. Okay. Jacob's number one is not our number oh, one. Oh, my number one is definitely not y'all's number one. No, uh, but I, I did I leave it. that off the list When you on hear purpose. his number one, you were like, oh, yeah, he's talked about this movie. A lot. A lot, yeah. You've talked yeah. about it quite a handful of times. Yeah. Quite. <laughs> I, I, and I really thought, like, and I know, because I just thought about Maverick and about, you know, flip-flopping that between Unforgiven and Maverick. But honestly, I have so much more fun when I watch Maverick. Like, Gene Hackman's cool in Unforgiven, but Maverick, to me, is just a fun, good movie. It's, it's what you go to the movies for. Right. You know, good story, happy, feel good, you know, all that stuff. I, I just To me, it was always just a fun movie. Um, it, and I'm shocked that it that it bumped Unforgiven. I'm just, I, I knew that you loved it, but I know you loved it that much. A couple of my buddies are going to browbeat me for oh. for saying that. But hey, whatever. My list, man. It's my podcast. <laughs> I don't see y'all doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, my number two favorite western of all time, and to the purest, this may you know be offensive because it's a remake actually of a classic western. But I think this one's much better. Uh, Three Ten to Yuma. I love the remake Good of 310 to Yuma. I knew that'd be on your list. Did you? Well, I'm a huge Russell Crowe fan, unabashedly adore Russell Crowe. 
and I think he's great in this. I love Russell Crowe in this because he's kind of the the badass bad guy, but he's kind of a gray area. And actually, probably my favorite thing about the whole movie is his relationship with Christian Bale, who's our hero. And um, even though Russell Crowe plays Ben Wade and he's, you know, the villain. You like him. You like him. He's he's charming. He's personable. And he develops this relationship with Christian Bale, who's our hero, and it's and it's kind of you root for him, and he's kind of doing some good, even though he's a bad dude. He's yep. kind of his moral compass, you know, is isn't isn't that of oh, thank you isn't I just got a starburst isn't that of a typical villain, and I love that about this movie. Ben Foster though plays a bad dude. We just saw him in Hell or High Water as the hilarious older brother. Ben Foster's just good in westerns. He is, he, and he was awesome in this. Uh, Dallas Roberts is in this. Peter Fonda is in it. But I just love this movie. I, I had a lot of fun with this movie. It gave me great characters, uh, great set pieces, action, uh, violence, the whole deal. I was entertained as heck. I love the performances. Uh, it was actually nominated for two Oscars uh, for sound mixing and music. So it sounded really good too. My number two western of all time is Three Ten to Yuma. I agree with that pick. That's a good pick, Brandon. Thank you, Rachel. I appreciate your agreement. I'll just say this because we've talked about Three Ten to Yuma before, which I wasn't a big fan of. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe I need to rewatch it again, but I just remember just kind of just being okay. Just, really? Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's another remake of, a, of an original. So. It is. Have and you I seen love the original? Russell Crowe, but yeah, I just it just didn't do it for me. And. Maybe it was the kid actor again. I don't know. I just <laughs> just kind of there for me. I just really, forgettable, really, really. I do remember how fast Ben Foster was in it. Like yeah. fast, fast. Yeah, he was. And uh, he was. so whenever I saw him in Hell or High Water, I was like, oh, Ben Foster's put on a couple pounds. Yeah, oh, he, he did. <laughs> he did. He's such a good underrated actor, though. Yeah. And really, those three performances, those three guys really made the movie for me. Yeah. yeah. Really, really good. Um, so I'm going to throw a wrench in our list again. <laughs> oh Rachel oh this is perfect we're doing Magnificent Seven so Jacob gets seven picks <laughs> no 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 actually I'm just gonna go jump out of turn and do my number one first since y'all's are since y'all's are the same yeah and uh, that way Rachel can talk about the movie and steal all your thunder this uh, that, time that's a good idea that good call yeah good call alright so my number one movie my number one western of all time is Back Dances to the Future with Part Wolves. 3 <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Which I could have sworn was going to be on Rachel's list. I thought for sure Back to the Future Three would That's be on her list. That's why I left it off my list. I thought for sure it would be on her list. It, it's actually an honorable mention for <laughs> she, me. She Didn't even think about it. Did you not? Because oh, it's not the traditional. I just but, don't but think it is Back to the Future and think Western. I just right. don't. But yeah. If you thought about it, would it have been on your list? Nailed it. Yeah, probably would have been number two. <laughs> I knew it. I knew yeah, because uh, actually, it's a really good western. Oh, it's a great western, I mean, and it's a traditional. It's, it's the same story as the first. You have you know Biff getting thrown in the shit. I mean Doc Brown, I mean, whatever. Yeah, uh, but just it's such a great trilogy. Anyway. Oh, it is. Yeah, Back to the Future Three is great. Two of the three movies are great. Anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you don't like Part Two? Oh, I've never liked the second one. I it's like just Part way Two a lot. too dark. Way too dark. I love. I part love two. it. I it's, think it's awesome, great. and I love. The future segments. No, I hated those the most. No, uh, no, I hated the the Biff, old Biff in the hotel. Being oh, I an love asshole. that. Uh, yeah, it is pretty dark now that you say it. That's literally never occurred to me when watching it. It's like, oh, this is kind of dark. But I mean, like he did buy, 
Marty's mom fake boobs and <laughs> and and there's like some child beating happening going on. That's a good call. Yeah, that sounds like no fun and, and whatsoever. I did not like the second Back to the Future. But okay, yeah, no, my number one is definitely Dances with Wolves. Yeah, I, I knew. I, it was. I don't know where to start when it comes to like look. I know this is not a favorable movie because it beat out Goodfellas that year for Best Picture, right? Um, but okay. If, okay, I'll say I'll start with cinematography. I think Dance with Wolves is one of the most beautiful movies I've seen. It is. Yeah. Uh, I think that may have been our list actually, where I brought it up. Yeah, it and might I don't have know been, where yeah. it was on that list, but I mean, how they how they shot uh, Wyoming, the Badlands. I think it was up in South Dakota or North Dakota. Like just beautiful landscape. It makes you want to kind of just drive around and just be around that atmosphere. The music in Dance with Wolves is one of my favorite scores of all time. I mean. I mean, when we talk about scores, which we will, we will one day, I don't know where this one will lie, but it's a good one. Um, just real beautiful, slow-moving piece. Uh, you know, when I did say earlier, like, I'm trying to keep Civil War movies off my list, I think this is just far away enough from that because he is out in the, you know, out in the frontier, uh, even though he is a Civil War soldier who's left his post. Uh, you have the, the story in general about a man who, you know, wants to – tour the frontier once we did part of it he meets uh, a bunch of sioux indians becomes friends you know and then of course falls in love with one of them and then leaves his post to become you know native american and so that in itself is kind of cool all right let's unload the wagon what what leave it all here i'm staying too there ain't nothing here lieutenant no not at the moment. We don't know what's happened. So, so I things things being as they are, we might as well just turn around and get headed back. This is my post. This is my post. This is my post. My post. Jesus, eight Frank. What are you crazy, boy, Lieutenant? Fair son of a bitch. Jesus H. Christ. This is my post. All right, put all right? it down. Put it down. And these are the post provisions. You just all right, a... now get your ass off the wagon. Put it down. And help me unload. We're just having a conversation. Now put it down. Cool. You have one of the coolest action sequences of all time where you had the buffalo chase and how they were able to bring that all together before we had CGI. Uh, that was one of the most, I think at the time, one of the, how would you describe that, Brandon? Like to take that on, no one had really well, no one had ever done it. I don't think, but I mean, it's just Brandon's got a star kiss in his mouth. <laughs> what you, <laughs> I got some tuna in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I got some star star, star bars bears in my mouth. Sorry, <laughs> but to just to take that on, like no one had ever quite done that. And there's still shots in that sequence that I don't understand. Like when they're shooting those buffalo, how they weren't really shooting buffalo with with bow and arrow. I don't yeah. get it. No, because it looked like it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it looked it was so real, and that's what always struck me about Dance of the Wolves how real it all seemed. And I mean, and they did go to painstakingly, you know, tough efforts to make it real, and um, it was such an impressive movie. And and like you said, it it has gotten a lot of flack throughout history because it beat Goodfellas, and probably if they were to redo the Oscars right now, Goodfellas would beat it out in hindsight, but. Um, there's no shame in being the second best movie of a year. Yeah, I mean, it's nominated for 12 Oscars and won seven of them. Yeah. I'd say it's a pretty good year. I mean, it just stinks because I, I love Goodfellas too. 
Oh, obviously completely opposite genres. Yeah. Um, but that shows you how much people love Dances with Wolves at the time because it's not like Goodfellas didn't, you know, come out to, to huge, great reviews at the time. You know, it was well-respected at the time. Only history has been a little bit kinder to it. But, I mean, for Dances with Wolves to sweep the Oscars in a year that Goodfellas came out showed how much love it had. And it beat Home Alone, uh, which really upset me. More what? than anything, Home Alone was up for Best Picture. No. Okay, it came like, out. What? It came out in 1990. One thing it. that I always remember about when Dancing with Wolves was at the theaters. I remember the other in the other theater going on was Tremors. Oh, really? Which I love Tremors. Actually, oh, Tremors, Tremors is, is on awesome. my my honorable mentions. Is it? Well, it's like one of those just like Hello High been, Water because yeah, yeah. it's out, whatever. But I love Tremors. Tremors is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I just love Dancing with Wolves, and for people who say it's too long, it don't doesn't deserve to win. Uh, maybe they just hadn't seen it in a while. I. I'll always encourage to watch that movie. It's a it's a good movie, and it and though it's kind of sad there at the end, uh, I think overall it's a it's a good story. It's like a historical story. There's some really cool components about it. Uh, I I just love it, love it, love the score. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good choice. I'm glad it got brought up as well. And really, it you know I said Unforgiven and it you know revitalized the genre, which is true. But Dances with Wolves really should get the credit because it did come out first two years before Unforgiven did. Uh, Rachel, I am on pins and needles here, curious about what oh, your number one. nobody could know. Also, Tatanka. That's what I always think of when you say uh, Dances with Wolves. It's Chimani Tatanka Obatwe. Wow. Wow. This dude has watched some Dances <laughs> with Wolves in his life. I just. I've seen this movie about like 20, 30 times. So Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Dude, I don't think Kevin Costner has even seen Dances with Wolves. I think Wolves I've maybe seen times. it twice. I've seen it twice. Yeah. I've seen it once in the theaters and once. Did you remember Tatanka? I did. It's that's a, that's about all I would. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. I I like Dances with Wolves. I didn't mean I, to get back. I on would that, vote sorry. for Goodfellas, but I like Dances with Wolves. <laughs> that's great. If you've watched that movie twenty to thirty times, so let's say let's just say twenty, that means you spent sixty hours of your life watching Dances with Wolves. That's almost three full days. I'll watch it 20 more times by the time I'm dead. <laughs> Guarantee it. No regrets. <laughs> Rachel, your number one favorite Western of all time Tombstone. is... Tombstone. Tombstone. There's no question yeah, about gonna that. Yeah, we're going to do this together. Because yeah, and really, you're Tombstone. like, I, I love Tombstone. Brandon's a bigger fan of Tombstone. This is like in your top five movies of all time. It's my number three favorite movie of all time behind the first two Godfathers. That's 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 how much I love Tombstone. That's, that's legit. Yeah. That's so how I much feel I like it. you can you can take no the no lead on you this. you go no nope, you no, say no, 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 you no. say all the things you want to say then I'll jump in no nope, because I I can talk at length about Tombstone. I'm a disaster you go. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite thing about Tombstone? Doc Holliday. That should be everybody's favorite thing about Tombstone. Absolutely. I, I think that's a given. I mean, he's to me Doc Holliday. I say this all the time. He's my favorite non Al Pacino character of all time in movies. Uh, he's go ahead. No, he's, he's just, he's such a badass and he's so funny. He is like the perfect funny badass, which is like that. Those are some of my favorite characteristics and, and, and charm. Yes. He's, he's, he's so full of charm and witty. He's like all the favorite things I love about characters. Doc holiday represents all those things in one. And he's loyal He's loyal. He's a great friend. And he's drunk. And he's drunk. You do love drunk characters, I do. Arthur. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, 
so so Doc Holliday is a given. Quotes. Uh, I probably quote Doc Holliday more than I quote yes, any character of all time. Yes, you do. Uh, but of course, Kurt Russell's Wyatt is also fantastic, and their relationship with one another is one of my favorite things about the movie. Yes, um, one of my favorite moments. You saying that I I think of this quote all the time when people talk about friends and things like that. When when he's I love the scene every time. I love the scene so much. Where uh, you know they, they're it's towards the end they're they're going on to to fight the cowboys and all that stuff, and uh, they're down by the creek, and uh, one of the guys asks him, "Doc, why are you out here? You should be, you should be, you're sick. You should be in bed." Wyatt Earp is my friend. Shit, I got lots of friends. I don't. Brandon oh, says this like, quote like at least it, once a week. I he don't. says, "I don't." <laughs> Any anytime there's an opportunity to say "I don't," I do it. it. It it just summarizes. It's just like the perfect way to summarize like the best friendship ever. I mean, uh, okay. So what's your what's your next favorite thing about Tombstone then besides Doc Holliday? Is why I mean Kurt Russell's why it is why it. is awesome. He alone would be the best character in a movie. Like if if you're to say Wyatt Earp is my favorite character in the movie, it'd be great if it wasn't for Doc Holliday being in there. But you also have a great villain. That's who I was going to bring up next. Go ahead, Which Brandon. One? Yeah, because you got Curly Bill and Johnny Ringo. My favorite was always Curly Bill. Hi, Wyatt. How the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, like he's he, great. He was so great. Oh, and, and who plays him? I can't think uh, of his name at the moment. It's a. Uh, it's a. Um, Oh my gosh, uh, uh, Powers Booth. Yes, I, mean, I thought Powers Booth was great. Oh, in it. He was awesome in it. I mean, he's got something in a little like uh, sarcastic, like uh, wise ass moments. He, he's just too happy to be the it, leader of that, the group, that's right? Because so then you have Michael Bean, like yes, you know Johnny Ringo, Johnny Ringo, who's the badass. Yeah, but you've got Powers Booth, like, hey, Wyatt. See, and he's likable too. That's <laughs> what makes him so good. Is he's so funny? Things like where there's like. Uh, they're leaving or whatever, and they're like saying their long goodbyes, and he's just like, "Well, bye." <laughs> I love <laughs> like, it so much. It's so funny for like for a movie that's not a comedy because I would think comedies are usually the most quotable movies, right? Yeah. We have a western that came out in '93 that's usually not even on radars for like critics of best mm-hmm. western of all time. That I think right. is one of the most quotable movies Absolutely. of all time. Yes, and one of the best supporting actors. Yes. Uh, Val Kilmer. Supporting, I guess, roles of all time. Plus, and I know we all agree on this, Val Kilmer got completely gypped. Oh, yeah. even recognized. Yes. I mean, I'll say that every time that we talk yes. about this movie. He should have been at least nominated. Yes. And, I mean, he did as good of a job as Heath Ledger did in The Joker, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, uh, 100% Hands agree. down. Yeah, 100% And, uh, I mean, agree. everyone always talks about Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday when yep. it comes to Westerns, period. Yep, they do. Um, just such a great, fl- just great flick. And if you Google, like, most, like, biggest snubs in Oscar history, Val Kilmer as uh, Doc Holliday gets brought up a lot. So it's not just, you know, us talking about it. It is like a well known thing amongst people i mean like like people talk about it rightfully it's, it's, so yeah you know what's funny too is that kurt russell is one of your favorite actors he is. and yet we've spent all this time talking about three or four of the characters the casting in this movie is so good yeah like there are just so many characters that go around and we haven't even got to kurt russell yet who i think is a good stern you know for a guy who can play you like to say funny jackass yeah he is a yes. good like he hard character in this hard movie ass in this. yeah and he's awesome in it yeah kurt yeah. russell's fantastic in it as well 
Don't feel bad for Val Kilmer. He he was nominated at an MTV Movie Awards for Best Male Performance and Most Desirable Male. <laughs> and he had tuberculosis, and the ladies still loved him. You know what? That's so funny. I remember back at the time, all the girls like talking about how hot he was. And I'm like, he's like sweaty <laughs> he's and nasty and dying time. the whole time. He's like coughing up blood and stuff like that. But and girls is, thought he was so he's sexy. funny, and he's a bad boy, and he's charismatic. That's, That's true. all we need. That's true. He's a rebel. Yep. I'm going to read off some of these actors real quick while I was just kind of going through here because oh, I forget loaded. sometimes. It is loaded. Like, you know, yeah, we've got Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, who's a great brother. Yeah. Bill Paxton, you know, yeah. uh, who was kind of – he was big. I think he was big off of Aliens, but not quite to what he is now. Um, but some more actors. Okay, so Stephen Lang plays Ike Clampton. Right. You know, that's yeah. who's the bad guy. And Don't and, Breathe. And, well, I guess Don't Breathe, but I was yeah. going to say Avatar, you know, oh, the best-selling yeah. yeah. movie of all time until last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Thomas Hayden Church, Billy Clayton, yep. uh, Clanton. Um, I also got to bring up uh, Michael Rooker. He has a pretty cool role in it. And yeah, then, of course, a, Billy, a fat Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, fat Billy. Remember yeah. him? Who gets pimp slapped <laughs> yes. by Kurt Russell. Yes. Oh, it's so good. There's so many badass moments in yeah. this. And then he gets – and then it provides the great Val Kilmer line, the – Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you were there. You may go now. Yeah. <laughs> and then so the, the biggest badass of the movie, Billy Zane. Yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> biggest badass. Who plays the, the actor in the traveling show. The gay actor. Yeah, he does. And then Jason Priestley, <laughs> Jason who was Priestley. hot because of 90210, uh, kind of is infatuated with Billy Zane in this movie, which is weird. Gosh, I figured that Terry O'Quinn from Lost Terry is in this Qu movie. Yeah, Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. Terry O'Quinn, he plays the sheriff. I mean, and how do they get all these people together? Locke from Lost. And then... Uh, John Corbett. Mike, yes. <laughs> uh, oh, and a uh, legendary actor, NRA guy, uh, plays, um, you know... Uh, oh, gosh. Charlton Heston. Oh. Charlton Heston right. plays the guy that, you uh, know, where, where Val Kilmer stays, and they promise to take care of him. So here's one that's really throwing me off right now, but there's an actor on here named Wyatt Earp, Earp who played Billy Claiborne. Now, is that the it, Wyatt it's, Earp? Because no. <laughs> uh -oh. that don't make oh, no Jacob, sense. You need to look at some history books, brother. Uh, it is a decision. Well, actually, that makes no it, sense because in the tombstone, they say, Wyatt Earp's death, so-and-so died. It's like, well, well, it also makes sense, doesn't make sense because he'd be like 400 Hey, years I old. have editing powers. None of that's going to be there It is. It, it is because I know my tombstone Shit. history. God dang it. That was a dumbass thing to say, man. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> it says in these here credits, Jesse Shit. James is in Jesse James. <laughs> Shit. Is that the Jesse James? <laughs> Gosh darn it. <laughs> you just asked. <laughs> That's not fair. IMDb tricked me. Is that the Wyatt Earp? <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, no. hey he this Wyatt Earp was born in Perkins, Oklahoma. Hey, that's awesome. I didn't know that. And not then he, the Wyatt Earp. Then, then he hung up the Spurs and became Wyatt. a movie star. <laughs> oh, not the Wyatt Earp. Texas oh, shoot. Um, he was also in a movie called Pretty <laughs> Ugly People. Yeah, he is a descendant of Wyatt Earp, and so they gave him a role. Well, it's been fun, guys. I'm going to get out of here tonight. <laughs> you just had a Rachel oh, moment. Man. Uh, <laughs> uh, the last thing I got to say about this, uh, and I, I kick myself. I did one of my. If we we're to do a top five favorite movie scenes of all time, which we have to do at some point. The the I'm your Huckleberry scene where uh, Doc Holliday shows up in place of Wyatt Earp 
and shocks Johnny Ringo. It's supposed to be a showdown between Johnny Ringo and Wyatt, and Doc shows up instead. I'm not saying it's my number one favorite movie scene of all time, but it would be in the running of my number one favorite movie scene of all time if it's not number one. Well... I didn't think you had it in you. I'm your huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo. You look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. <clears throat> Play for blood, remember? I was just fooling about. I wasn't. And this time, it's legal. All right, Lunger. Let's do it. You're no Daisy at all. It's it's amazing. It's the biggest badass m- moment in movie history to me. I freaking love it. Why do you think this movie isn't on more critics' lists high up? Is you it know, just it, it got is good it just reviews. That it's too, I don't it's, know, too uh, pop. Yes. But what's weird is it got good reviews, but not great reviews. Yes. It's, it was what, probably like high seventies. I think it's seventy eight or so. Actually. Is it? Because I was as I was going through uh, the list, I was surprised at how low it was. Yeah, that's yeah. I if I remember right, well, it doesn't even say. Like I'm trying to find a a, a consensus. Uh, hold on one so second. So it's seven point eight on IMDb. With yeah, looking for, uh, yeah, on uh, IMDb Tomatoes. and seventy three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, now I wonder if if in hindsight if it would be rated higher um, than it is. I mean seventy three percent is good. I mean that's a good solid rating, but but I do think it is too pop. I think it's probably too much quote unquote fun. Probably you know it's funny. It's it's. But, it, you know, it is a lot of different things. I would guess if we were to pour through those critic reviews, that would be the only criticism. You know, a Western is supposed to be, especially at that time, we've kind of changed what a Western is. Um, but, you know, still in probably a lot of those old crotchety critics' eyes at the time, a Western is supposed to be more serious for this or that. Right? Yeah, things like that. And so it's probably a little bit more fun. Because this than came they the, were year out, the year after Unforgiven. Right. Uh, you know, and we just had that. And now we've got like this. Yeah, Dances with Wolves and that and yeah. that. And that's kind of a more fun. Your your favorite scene may have been like the, you know, I'm your Huckleberry scene. But mine actually is when Doc Holliday gets into the, the gun spinning contest with Ringo. Oh, so good. And then Doc Holliday just spins the coffee cup. Oh, oh that was so, classic. So good. I mean, just perfect. Perfect. Man, I just want to go home and watch Tombstone, guys. Me too. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, we got to do our honorable mentions. Oh, I uh, thought you were just joking. Oh, no. Because <laughs> you're going to go watch a movie. Yeah, I really do want to now. <laughs> uh, Rachel, what is some of the uh, movies that we didn't get to that you would like to mention? Uh, I did have Dances with Wolves on there. I had Django Unchained. I'm glad you brought it up. Yes. Uh, and The Hateful Eight. Yes. Both. Yes. Good choices. Uh, Three Ten to Yuma was on my list as well, as well as the proposition and Open Range, which is a more mo- uh, a more current yes. western that, that came was out. A really and it's, good one, though. it was really good. It wasn't great, but uh, I really enjoyed it. And that's that's rare for for me to say about westerns. So yeah. it's worth watching for sure. It's pretty. 
No, Open Range is really pretty. I mean, another yeah, Kevin Costner who who did uh, Dances with Wolves, Wyatt Earp, yeah. And then he did Open Range, and uh, Open Range is beautiful. Um, I really I was, loved Open Range. It was, it was a little slower than I wanted it to be, I think. Um, but uh, in the end, that was kind of a cool gun sh- a gun gunfight, especially when Kevin Costner just walks up that dude and just pops him in the forehead. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. That and was Robert cool. Duvall, you got to mention Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall like, great, I, I loved it. And Val Kilmer has a small cameo in it, by the way. Speaking, of- I don't recall that. Well, speaking of Robert Duvall, I do want to bring up. It's not a movie. It's a miniseries. It's Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove. Uh, yes. You know, because there are a lot of people who will still put this on their list regardless. You know, they say it is like the best shot Western of all time. Mm-hmm. They will say it's one of the best um, portrayal portrayals of, you know, a couple of cowboys, two, two ex-Texas Rangers who, uh, you know, older and whatever. Um, but good cast with Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones. Um, you have other character, other actors in like Danny Glover, Diane Lane. Um, but that's a pretty... It's been a while since I watched Lesson Dumb, but I always always liked it. Uh, there's my bone tomahawk, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kin with a uh, kid with uh, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Yes, that's a pretty fun one. Yes, that's a really uh, good one. Mostly because of their their charisma. Because honestly, when you think about those characters, they're train robbers. They're bad guys. Right. A lot of that maybe too is like, hey, times are changing, technology is getting better, so they're realizing that they're going out of business right. in their business. But you know. But you have two great actors portraying these these two characters. You know right. that was a that was a great movie. Um, I want to say it was yeah it won four Oscars. So <laughs> including story, cinematography, music, and uh, well original score. Anyway, I really really like them. It's on yeah. it's one of my honorable mentions as well. Uh, the good, the bad, the weird. So this is also starring our guy from Magnificent Seven, uh, Byung Hun Lee who was a South Korean actor. Uh, he also was in um, I Saw the Devil, which if you if you never heard of it, that's fine. It's a Korean film, South Korean film. It is an excellent thriller, really, really good thriller. Uh, but going back to the good, the bad, the weird, um, it's basically about a, a train robbery, and it is a weird movie. Like, it's all over the place, but it's directed so well, yeah. so well. It's so cool. Did you did you say you hadn't seen it? No, I've read about it, okay. and I've heard that it's really good, but I need to see it. It's a cool movie. It's I'll watch a cool it if Western. you watch The Proposition. Oh, absolutely, man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Good, the Bad, the Weird is really, really good. Um, I had to put Young Guns on my list. A lot of people hate Young Guns. Oh, my god! I gosh. forgot about Young Guns. Oh, my How- list is I, it would be in my top five. I used to freaking love Young Me Guns. Dude, it was I freaking one of my love favorite. Emilio Esta. Honestly, if I were to redo this list, it might be my number two. Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Diamond Phillips. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I got Doc played. Oh by. my gosh, I love Young Guns. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of his Billy the Kid was awesome. Well, that's that's a nostalgic that's a nostalgic movie for kids our generation. It is. Like, I understand critics hate it, and if I go back and watch it, yeah, it's not that great. Right, but. For some reason, it was awesome. Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland is Doc. Oh, you know, gosh. which is funny. I Kiefer love Sutherland. He always plays the hard ass, and he's like the the fun, lo- not yeah. fun loving, but the he's a sweetheart. He's a sweetheart guy, yeah. which is weird. Ah, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. so mad. Me too. I'm yeah. so mad. So you know, I I mean, I left Back to the Future three off my list, but I think Shit. if I had to go back and do it, it'd be Back to the Future three, um, and. Tombstone would also be on my list. I just want to say that. I want to bring up a couple oldie ones, but I think I'm going to have you do a couple of yours first. Oh, Three Amigos. That's another one. Oh, that, my gosh. Yeah. When, you said, there were, when you said there weren't that many comedies, I was like, oh the Three Amigos, dude? Oh, my gosh. That's my new number two. <laughs> and three and Young Guns is my number three. 
I thought of Three Amigos when you said City Slickers. Oh my gosh! All it right, wouldn't you know make what? my list, but it'd be an honorable mention. City Slickers and Jesse James are no longer on my list. Forget everything I said about them, and now let's talk about Young Guns and Three Amigos, y'all. <laughs> oh, I'm so mad. Young Guns was good when I was a kid. I just loved it. You know, I told you guys off the air before this list. This was the first time I didn't use lists to jog my memory. I was just going from my own memory. That was a mistake because I didn't think of. Three Amigos. Well, Raisha said uh, Django and um, The Hateful Eight. I loved both those movies. Yeah. Loved them. So I'm kind of disappointed they weren't on my list. But I'm going to have you go ahead and do a couple. <sighs> so mad right now. All right. Uh, the ones that you guys mentioned that were on my honorable mentions, The Good, Bad, and The Ugly, uh, Bone Tomahawk, Open Range, Back to the Future 3, and Dances with Wolves. Now, ones that were on my list that you guys didn't mention uh, I, I said I had a few classics that I did really enjoy. Good or Bad, The Ugly. I bet we have a couple. Uh, the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Yep, that's one of them. That's a really, really good. It's uh, John Wayne and Jimmy Stewart. Mainly I want to bring these up for like the actual real critics out there. Right. It's like if you don't bring these movies up, you right. know. Is we, The Searchers one of your other ones? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Searcher. And, and those are two legit. And Stagecoach. And Stagecoach. Yeah. Uh, but for me, The Searchers and Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, uh, those are legitimately really good movies that hold up as an adult when I watch them. Um, yeah, I mean, you can pick and, uh, you know, at some of the acting and those things, but those movies really hold up for me. So I really legitimately like those, those classics. Well, I just watched the searchers and stagecoach and actually how the West was won for the first time this year. So to watch all those, you know, they're all John Ford movies. Right. Um, and all done in different decades too. Uh, was was pretty interesting. I mean, How the West Was One was actually done by three different directors, but still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not into The Searchers as much as I was hoping I would be I because of how it. brutal or mean that John Wayne was. But that's was why okay they always that. say John Wayne, I like that was that. his best character because right. it was the only different character he ever played. Yeah, it was. It was the only time he wasn't John Wayne. Yeah. yeah. I actually like that part um, about it. The only thing I want to say about Stagecoach is that, you know, it's black and white. It was kind of hard to watch because it was made in 1939, which was the same year that um, Gone with the Wind and, and Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz came out, yeah. so that's pretty cool. But they say it set the standard for the Westerns going forward, and they say even to an extent it set the standards for all genres going forward, which you watch it now, and it probably doesn't hold up. But 1939, you see what they kind of do with it. It's kind of yeah. cool. Um one more I wanted to bring up was uh, HUD, which uh, how long has it been? If it's anything that Paul Newman usually yeah, Paul touches, I, awesome. I love, and yeah. it's a pretty good movie. But it's more of like a, a loner type movie. Yeah, um, I think that's it for me. Did you have any other? I had a couple classics? more. Uh, th- those are all my classics. Those are my favorite classic movies. Uh, then a few. Well, no, I wanted to bring up the Cowboys because I never saw it. I haven't seen it either. But oh. when I was talking about this list with Misty. She, it's her favorite. She watched it with her grandpa all the time. She it was me, on a bunch of critics lists tonight. Was, when I was it? Looking at it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well then it, it must be worth a watch. She loved it. She swears by it. And she said, I had to at least mention it. Um, so I'm mentioning it. Well, so there's a bunch of movies on there that I've, I've seen like mentioned, just never watched. Uh, Alamo was one. Yeah. Alamo. Um, yeah. Anyway, I saw Cowboys come up a couple of times. Uh, I also wanted to mention, uh, this is, this is a modern one that it, it got mixed reviews. I think it was like 57% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I really liked it, so I don't care. Uh, the Quick and the Dead with Leonardo DiCaprio oh. and Russell Crowe and Sharon <laughs> Stone. I actually really – I an, didn't see it. It's an entertaining Western. I mean – I re- I recall parts of it and be like, this is stupid. Yeah, well, then you're <laughs> in the 43% of the critics that didn't like it. I was in the 57% that I, I was like <laughs> – 
It's an entertaining movie. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> and then I have to mention The Killer Inside Me, which is, you know, didn't really fit the description. It was a recent movie with uh, Casey Affleck and uh, and Kate Hudson and Jessica Alba. Really, really violent. Like, really oh, I violent. I you're talking about, yeah. Uh, I only mention it because my brother, my younger brother Michael, uh, worked sound on it. He was a boom operator for it. So I can't do a Western movie. I tried movie it. Was that filmed he, in Oklahoma. He, yeah, it was filmed in Oklahoma, and he worked on it. So I have to bring it up. I'm kind of pissed I didn't bring up Slow West because I talked so much about it last you year. You loved it. Yeah, it was on my list. I just for some reason passed over it. Yeah. Really pretty movie. Um, I gotta ask you about this. Is Walk the Line a Western? I say no. No. It's country. I want to say it's Western. So we're never gonna have a top five country list. So you want to talk about Walk the Line? <laughs> no, well, no, I mean, I'm just curious. Yeah, I was going to say, movie. that's exactly what I was going to say, Coal Miner's Daughter. Coal Miner's Daughter. Uh, there's probably some other country movies. I can't okay, think of what they okay. are. Uh, Something about Elvis, maybe? Yeah. Wait, he's Funny not farm. really country. Uh, there's some there's some farming Elvis movies. Elvis not country. I know. I know. Oh, uh, that, uh, that mountain, farm. Cold Mountain. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, that's more Civil War. What? Cold, Cold Mountain. Oh, that was kind of yeah. No, that was no, that's more the Civil one with Wars. Jude Law. Yeah, Jude Law was in it. So was Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, he is. Yeah, I don't recall that. Yeah, and Renee Zellweger. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, this one came up on someone else on a critics list, and I was like, no way. The Last of the Mohicans, not a western. No, that's not, not a, a western. I was thinking cowboys and Indians equals western, which is not. That's not how it works. No, that's Agreed. not a western. That's not a western at all. That's like saying, "Oh, I watched the Cowboys Redskins game the other day. What a good that's western! A good western bro. What a good western football game I watched. That's not. That's not a western." <laughs> Does that count? That's my new number. One. I still kind of like my trimmers as a western. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. That is our top five favorite westerns of all time. What is your favorite western of all time, or your top five? What are some ones that we forgot? What do we include that you hate? What do we include that you love? Let us know in our comment section on our Facebook page or on our SoundCloud page. Jacob, did you have anything? You looked like you wanted to say something. Nope. Oh, thank you for listening to Pulp Fliction. Do you want to talk about Obate? <laughs> <laughs>